bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Ladies and gentlemen. And fellow deplorables. Borderline Offensive, episode number three. We got a great show for you today. We got Mike Banks, a.k.a. Cameron Beisel, in the studio in a little bit. We also got something new for you. We have our first phone-in listener game and we don't just do things small at borderline offensive we've got a huge $25 gift card prize if if the listener is successful all right let's turn this down and get started well like I said we got a great show for you today we got Cameron Beisel, a.k.a. Mike Banks, joining us in studio in just a bit. But before we get to Mike Banks, let's go ahead and get started with our first on-air contest with my good friend Keith from Pennsylvania. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we got our first caller on the... Okay, who am I kidding? He didn't call. I called him. I had to solicit players on Facebook. That's how desperate this show is getting. But nonetheless, we have our very first contestant ever on Borderline Offensive, Keith Cawthorn on the phone. Keith, you there? Oh, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> All it's, right. It's much worse than it. It's much worse than it sounds because I don't even have Facebook. So how'd you solicit me? <laughs> that's that's what I was gonna say. Are you here of your own will? Oh, not so much. Not so much at all. Yeah. My wife uh, said uh, I need you to get us some money, so get on there and play. <laughs> and so you are aware that there is a prize on the line, right? Oh yeah, she reminded me several times. <laughs> and I I think you had mentioned earlier when we spoke, you already kind of have plans for the prize money that you haven't even won yet. We. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Big, big plans. Big plans. That's $25 goes a long way. <laughs> oh, yeah. So uh, let me do just kind of a quick introduction. I don't think it comes as any surprise that Keith and I know each other. He is not one of the thousands of subscribers who I don't know personally. We went to school together. We played sports against each other when we were younger. And uh, there was something else unique about how we kind of first met in high school. Isn't that right, Keith? You remember what I'm talking about? Let me see here. There's so many instances um, I could refer to. Um, Clean ones, by the way. This is, a, this is a family show. <laughs> well, let's see. I believe there was a time and place where we shared a class together. Uh <laughs> where you actually missed a test 
and you showed up the next day when we got our test back. Granted, I got 100%. <laughs> and um, you told the teacher that you'd already taken the test. He couldn't find it. So you took my test, erased my name, put yours on the top, and handed it in. And somehow you got a 97. <laughs> I'm not really sure how that happened. Maybe you misspelled your name, but I got 100. <laughs> Close enough. Let's just say, details aside, he's a great guy. I was desperate and in need, and it's certainly not my style, but I did actually cheat off of his paper in high school. Forget about those nasty details, because none of them are true, uh, or I won't admit to them. But let's just say that I could have actually picked someone with better uh, academic capabilities to cheat off of well i'll just leave it at that i've never seen i don't recall ever seeing a paper with his name on it that had a hundred percent let's say that are you here just to dispute that i'm not here to dispute it at all not at all <laughs> it, it was a hundred percent and you got a 97 <laughs> <laughs> i think there's quite a few people out there that that feel my pain and once i mentioned that i cheated off of you they thought, boy, that's you might as well have just not done the work and probably been better. Almost got as good as uh, as good a score as I did uh, yes. from you. You you are correct. Anyway, You're correct about that. Anyway, the message here, folks, boys and girls, is if you are going to cheat, which I don't condone, make sure that you're cheating off of somebody that's worth cheating off of. I think I had to repeat that class, by the way. That says a lot about <laughs> who I was cheating off of. So enough, ab- enough about that. We, we played sports, little league youth sports against each other, then went to high school for a couple years together before I relocated to a neighboring school. And then, man, what is it? I was thinking about that. It's probably been, you've had the pleasure of knowing me for almost 35 years by now. And what a pleasure it has been. <laughs> You're still counting your blessings? I'm definitely counting. I I do realize that uh, you didn't go to my wedding, but that's okay. (laughs) Not holding any grudges here. I don't remember getting an invite. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. (laughs) You were invited, but you decided not to travel to a different country. Well, I I didn't want to say this, and just between you and me, because we're we're friends here, I found out that there was someone else uh, invited to that wedding who actually did go, and uh, all of a sudden I was busy. Ah, gotcha. Understood. I think we both know who I'm referring to. (laughs) I I have an idea. I mentioned him in an earlier episode. Matter of fact, I think it was my first episode. A certain 6'6 wannabe athlete from Cedarcliff, our age. He he wanted to be, that's for sure. Yes, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Oh, all right. So the family's good. You You got some children at home take care of uh, back yeah. to the east coast yep spent my time on the uh, west coast for a couple of years and back in the east coast and uh three little ones at home so uh just still getting settled into the way of living out here a little bit different and do you i i know what you do i know what you've done for a living and career the last i don't know how many years but do you want to talk a little bit about that and how covid has made your life uh, a little, let's say, more than interesting the last six, five, six months? Well, I think it's made everyone's lives a little bit interesting. But uh, I, being in the industry of gaming uh, and casinos, 
there's an interesting bunch that comes in there every day before COVID. Now you put post-COVID in there, and they become a little more interesting. <laughs> These are the people that didn't wash their hands before. <laughs> so uh, they try not to wash their hands still. But, uh, yes, it's a, it's a, it's a very, very fun, interesting job. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've been known to, uh, to visit a casino or two in my life. And, you know, specific casino names aside, uh, let's just say I, I don't think they have a reputation for being the cleanest facilities to begin with. And trying to employ all of these, uh, all of these policies and social distancing and, uh, you know, spraying dice and tables and all those things seems like an awful, awfully big chore. Is that how your casino is being run? Uh, yes, it's uh, it's definitely a challenge. It's definitely a lot of extra work. But uh, you know what? It, it, people are out there. They're gambling. They're having fun. And yep. Um, yep. you know, I rem- I remember a day where we had a friend who was gambling, uh, not in a casino, in someone's house, and uh, was out looking for a Mac machine or an ATM these days. And was close to betting oh. his car. Oh no! Because oh. he was not doing well that day. I think I think I remember that. Let's not mention names. I don't want to call him out. That's a little embarrassing, <laughs> or a lot embarrassing, I should say, at least. Almost as almost as shameful and embarrassing as another friend of ours who just took it upon himself to turn and run headfirst right through a plate glass window on Leonard Street. I remember that guy. I believe he was pushed out that window, <laughs> if I if I recall correctly. <laughs> he was he was pushed. A lot of, lot of debate, a lot of debate on yeah. who pushed him. Yeah. Uh, but I remember uh, there was a lot of conversation about him actually being pushed out that window, is what I heard. We may have to circle back on this with some others uh, who could call in anonymously and. Uh, Maybe maybe share their thoughts on that. As a matter of fact, I think I remember that guy you were talking about. He had a badass car alarm system, didn't he? Uh, yes, yes, he did. I believe uh, someone tried to break into his ride. <laughs> I do. I, I wasn't sure if I remembered it first, but then it all started coming back. Yes, oh. interesting car alarm system. All right, well, let's go ahead and get started with this contest, uh, the contest that evidently you've already won. Is that right? Or at least in your <laughs> wife's mind. Is she, is she, uh, is she, lot. is she at the screen on her, uh, uh, what is that? The online basket, your shopping cart. Is she about, is she just waiting to click <laughs> submit or check out as soon as we're done with this call? Is that how confident? Oh, oh no, she, she is not local right now, but she's by her phone in case I need to phone a friend. <laughs> Well, it's funny you say that. So let's talk a little bit about that before we get started. This is not a game that's foreign to other to radio stations, I guess I would say. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna have a special guest on who's recorded. She's not here in the studio or on, the, on another line. I've asked her some questions, and you're gonna have to determine whether she's going to answer that question correctly. Now they are multiple choice. I will say that. So you're gonna determine whether she answers those multiple choice questions correctly or if she's going to get it wrong, right? So you really have a 50-50 chance. Now, this person is someone that you do know. 
It's my mother, otherwise known as Granny, to the family. Uh, so you do have some knowledge. And in this game, it really helps whether, you know, throughout the course of the game, you're gathering this information that's going to help you determine whether she's going to get that next question correct, right? So you've got a little bit of an advantage because you, you, know, you, you know her uh, to some extent, but uh, I do suggest that you keep filing away information as the game progresses, and it, it will only help. Okay, I'm excited. Are you ready? I mean, when's the last time you, you, you won $25? Oh, it's been a while. <laughs> I, I'm guessing if you were with that guy you, tr you tried to throw under the bus earlier, you probably would have just lost your shirt and not won any money if he was out <laughs> scrounging at ATMs for, for uh, more money to lose. Uh, I'm going to go with that answer? I'm going to go out on a limb and say you need to pick better friends, sir. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Thank you. I, I totally agree. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you're good? You understand? All right. Let's do this. All right. Let's do it. Let's get ready. It's time for everyone's favorite game show, Granny Games. With your host, yours truly. And now, here's the star of the show, Granny. All right, so we're here with Granny. Welcome to the show, Granny. Hey, how's everybody doing? <laughs> this is your segment. You're a star now. Oh, geez. <laughs> All right. So in this segment of Granny Games, <laughs> we're going to be talking about the Olympics. Are you a fan of the Olympics? Oh, yeah. I like the Olympics. Okay. I was trying to research stuff I thought you'd ask me about. I, didn't, I never, even, <laughs> never even thought about the Olympics. All that research I did was for naught. Trying to cheat the system. Yes, I, see. I was. <laughs> I like it. Now I see where I get it from. <laughs> see, to, to everyone out there listening who thinks the fix is always in or that this show is fixed, let that serve as an example. I spent hours writing stuff down. <laughs> I preserved the integrity of this show and of this game. For our contestant. Oh Keith, let me stop there. Is it any surprise that my mother tried to cheat just like we discussed a few minutes ago in my background? Oh, not at all. I wasn't surprised at all when I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you learned something, right? So, so all these years, I, I felt really terrible about that one incident, the one incident that we're talking about, the only time I attempted to cheat. And now... Now it seems very clear how, how I was influenced and, and uh, why I made such a decision. It's because my, mo my own mother trying to cheat the system. She might say that she didn't cheat. She was just trying to do some homework. But that's exactly why I didn't tell her what, what topics we would be discussing. Good call. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get started with question number one. All right. So here we go. Here we go. First question. I don't know. If you're familiar with this track and field star, Hussein Bolt? Yeah. I've heard. heard the name? Yes. Eight-time Olympic gold medalist? 
What country is Usain Bolt from? The United States, Nigeria, or Jamaica? Keith, do you know the answer to that question? Now keep in I mind. I do know the correct answer. That's right. Now keep in mind whether you know the right <laughs> answer or not, that's not going to win you the point. You're going to have to guess whether Granny knows the answer. But just for the sake of asking, do you know the correct answer? I do, I do. And what is that? What is that country? That's, that's Jamaica. All right. So do you think that Granny knows that Usain Bolt is from Jamaica? I'm wondering if she saw Cool Runnings, because that would help me figure out this answer. Uh, I'm going to say that she said that she got the answer incorrect. You're saying she does not know. I'm hoping that she got it wrong. So once again, just like me on a quiz or homework, you think my mother is going to get a question wrong. Well, I think she studied the wrong information, so she was not prepared. <laughs> again, another another trait of mine following in her footsteps, <laughs> being unprepared for class. Okay, I get it. Well, let's take a listen and see. No. Nigeria, I think. Keith, congratulations. Girl, <laughs> you got that the girl, first. Granny. You are one for one. That's a great start. Great start. Sounds like you know Granny. And out of the gates. All right. That, yep, yep. You can't start any better than that. Let's move on. Okay. In, in the 1996 Olympic Games, the United States had a star track and field sprinter who won multiple Olympic golds. He also wore golden spikes during his Olympic finals events. Was this track and field star Carl Lewis, Perez Hilton, or Michael Johnson? Okay. All right. What do you think of that question first, Keith? Well, I think she's got a 50-50 shot. <laughs> That's what I think. Are, are, are you suggesting that one of those is just a preposterous suggestion? One of those choices? I believe Yes, absolutely. But do you think Granny will know? Which one is that you're talking about? That's just a throwaway answer. Well, Carl Lewis, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> or Perez Hilton. Or Perez Hilton, that's right. Answer. By the way, do, have you ever heard, have you ever seen the video of Carl Lewis singing the national anthem? You know, I've heard of it. I don't think I've ever seen it, but I heard <laughs> it was not good let me, recording. Let me do everyone a favor. If if you've if you've tuned into this show for entertainment, you're going to be greatly disappointed. So let me do you a favor and suggest that you watch the Carl Lewis National Anthem video. At least I will be able to contribute by providing you a few laughs somewhere else that you're not getting from this show. But truly, truly a treat. I've probably watched it a thousand times, to be honest. What was the guy? There was a guy on ESPN, Charlie Steinert, I want to say. Hopefully, you watched that video clip. They played it on, like, the worst plays, and Charlie Steinert about fell out of his chair and over the desk on ESPN as, as he watched that, so if you, if you can choose. So let's get back to this. Do you think Granny— Was it a lot, was it a lot worse than Roseanne Barr? 
<laughs> yes, it actually was. It oh, actually, wow. okay. It actually was a lot worse. Trust me. You're not going to be disappointed. I may have to watch it now. Yeah. Well, actually, before we ask the question, do you know the answer to that question? I believe it's Ben Johnson. Ben Johnson, huh? You, the Canadian track and field sprinter, Ben Johnson, <laughs> who wasn't even in the list of three? Come on, Keith. See, I'm not this Ben is, Johnson, Michael Johnson. This is exactly what I said earlier, why you got to find someone better to cheat off of. You provided an answer <laughs> that wasn't even in the question. <laughs> oh, I keep kicking myself. I'm thinking ahead. Okay, ahead, hey, we're, we're doing a lot of talking. I get it. You don't have them written down in front. I get it. So I'm going to... I'm going to say you're right, you're right, Michael Johnson, but do you think Granny will know the right answer? I got my fingers crossed that she did not get it right. She's going with who she knows, and she's going to say Carlos. I might actually, you know what, here, hang on a second. Take a listen. Uh, 96. jeez. Do you hear the labor in her voice, Keith? (laughs) Do you see the wheels? I hear it. To hear the wheels churning, I figured I'd play that for you just in case, just to, just to maybe influence or help you, not influence, help you in your decision. So the very next time I play this, this clip, you're going to hear the answer. So last chance. Do you think she's going to know it? I'm going to stick with my answer, and I'm, I'm going to say I hope she didn't get it right. All right. Let's see if Granny got it correct. I'm going to say Carl Lewis. Keith? You're two for two. Two for two. You are two for two. One more, and you're going to be able to check that that cart out uh, wherever, whichever gift card she chooses. By the way, I don't think I mentioned that. We're talking about an Amazon gift card, a Bed Bath & Beyond gift card, or a Home Depot gift card. None of those uh, are sponsors of my show, but... I just figured I'd give give you guys three options. Maybe one for her, one for him, and then a neutral being Amazon. So you already mentioned that you're probably not going to see a penny of those winnings. So I guess it really doesn't matter. That is correct. All right. So here we go. You're two for two. Let's move on to question number three. The United States has had quite a few gymnasts who have been successful in the Olympic Games. Who is the most decorated and award-winning United States Olympic gymnast. Mary Lou Retton, Gabby Douglas, or Simone Biles? All right, Keith, do you know those gymnasts? Do you watch gymnastics? You know, I don't watch a lot of gymnastics. I do know all three of those names, though. Okay, okay. The most Decorated United States female gymnast. Do you have any thoughts? Um, no. No? No? Okay, well then let's just focus I, I on... I actually don't know the answer. I'm not sure who it is, but... Um, well, fortunately for I... you, again, in this game, you don't have to know the right answer. You just have to know what Granny's going to say, or not say, or not know. Correct, correct. All right, so what do you think? Is Granny going to know it? You know, I think Granny's going to get this one. I got my fingers crossed. Since I don't know it off the top of my head, I'm hoping she does. You think Granny is going to guess correctly? That's what I'm going with. But yet you, so you're saying that when it comes to athletics, 
my mother. Granny knows more than you do. That's not what I'm saying at all. She did say she was familiar with the, with the Olympics in the beginning, said she likes them. I think if I had a bet money, I would bet on Simone Biles. I don't know. She's in the news these days mm-hmm. as being one of the best gymnasts in the world. I'm hoping she's the most decorated. I'm not so sure she is, but I think that Granny's got a shot. Okay. Well, that's very. It's very. That's a very interesting thought process and and decision. But without further ado, let's go ahead and play the clip and see if you or Granny or both are right. I'm gonna say Simone Biles. Keith, you're a winner. That is that, correct. That's the right answer. That is correct. <laughs> Simone Biles. And that is three a perfect three. three for three. Knowing knowing you as long as I have in playing sports, I can say you have never gone three for three in baseball, basketball, free throw shit, anything. You've never gone no. three for three. Why not start now? I'm gonna I'm gonna stop I'm gonna stop you right there. I'm unfortunately gonna have to correct you. <laughs> okay. We go back to nineteen ninety one. It was the Christmas basketball tournament. Second half, 39 seconds left. I get the call to go in. I'm three for three. Wait, 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 wait. Did you just say there was 39 seconds left in the game in the second half? Second, first half, sorry, first half. Oh, and then you got, then you went in. I was going to say, you know who goes in when there's 39 seconds left in the game. Oh, absolutely. I did so well that I only got to play the last eight seconds in the second half. I didn't get the chance to touch the ball in the second half. <laughs> Too hot to handle, they said. Don't touch the ball. But I was three for three in the second half. And you can check those facts <laughs> with your six foot seven, friend. <laughs> Wait a second. You, you were three for three? From three the field? Three in the last 39 seconds. From, from the, the field. field. Wow. Yep. Not, not free throws. From the field. All and right. the second, the last shot was just a foot inside the three-point line. But still counted as two. Wait, Six they, points, three for three, last 39 seconds. They had a three-point line back when you were in school? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I have no – I mean, I have to say that that would definitely be an unfamiliar sight. See, First of all, seeing you anywhere near the three-point line, let alone letting one fly <laughs> from close to the three-point line. Wow. Oh, wow. You have, that's oh, a yeah, great yeah. memory. You have a great memory. Uh, if you ask my friend, he will tell you the same story. All right. I, I think I know who you're talking about, so so we'll go ahead and I, I may take you up on that. Hey, what, what he won't tell you, though, is we used to have a three-point contest at the end of every practice, mm-hmm. and I beat him I the last those. time we played, and I still have the belt. You got the last laugh? I got the last laugh. He claims he won. But we all know he, that's not he, true. He claims a lot. He claims a lot. And by the way, he may or may not be on the next episode of Borderline Offensive. Uh-oh. So, so we may actually have an opportunity to uh, to discuss some of this with him and see what his memory uh, perfect looks like. Perfect. Well, you've already won, so congratulations again. Just for giggles, why don't we play the rest of the game out just to see how well I mean. It would be pretty amazing if you went a perfect five for five. Doesn't say, you sound, it sounds like you had a really good game uh, that, that you're describing in the Christmas tournament, but 
then let me go a step further and say, I bet you had you've never gone five for five. Uh, you would be correct. Okay, there we go. There we go. <laughs> okay, so here we go. Question number four, just for pride. Are you familiar with Michael Phelps? I have heard of him, yes. Michael Phelps is a world champion, Olympic champion swimmer, and he's broken quite a few records. His most memorable is when he won eight gold medals at the 2008 Beijing Games. Whose record did Michael Phelps break, exceeding seven first-place finishes at an Olympic Games? Was it Ryan Lochte, Mark Spitz, or Thornton Mellon? <laughs> that was the Triple Lindy, I believe. Keith, do you know who Thornton Mellon is? <laughs> he made the Triple Lindy famous. That's right. That's right. From one of my favorite movies. What was it? Do you remember? Back to School. Back to School. That's right. Thornton Mellon. Wasn't even a swimmer. Was a, was a great diver, though. Tried to sneak his name in there just in case it sounded sounded appealing. So, and we're going to see what, what she says here in a second. But, but you know, we, we've talked a lot about old times. You were, weren't you, you were a lifeguard, weren't you? Oh, I've saved many lives. I yes, just say, yes, yeah. sir. You, you, were, you were a lifeguard. Did you ever have to save anyone? Yeah, absolutely. I sure have. I've, I've saved them all. Yeah, I have a perfect record. Yeah, you're perfect. Perfect record. So uh, no yeah. one's died on my watch. If there's anything above and beyond this game that I'd hope you had a perfect record on, I would hope it would be saving lives. Well, there you go. You're right. So you know, it's again, a, fortunately, you know, in my experiences, I've I've never seen a, a a lifeguard dive in a pool to to save someone. So I was just curious if there were actually times where you had to to jump in the pool and and grab someone out of the water and actually save them? Or if you just sat up in the chair and got some sun and talked to the ladies, you know, you know how that goes. Um, I've actually had to dive into the pool and save a young six-year-old girl. Good for you. True story. That's that's great. I don't know how I, I, I may have heard that story, but uh, I, I don't recall it, but I'm sure I join everyone uh, everyone here tipping my hat to you. You're a true a true hero. True. Oh, you don't have to say that. It's part of just it's part of my job. Doing the job, right? <laughs> That's what all heroes say. All right. So, do you know the answer? We know it's not Thornton Mellon. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and we know it's not Beyondy or whatever his name is. <laughs> uh, Spitz is the correct answer. All right. Do you think Granny's going to know it? I'm going to say she knows this one. Any reasoning? Any thoughts why? It's an old record that was around a long time, oh, that's so everyone offensive. would have heard it. That's offensive. You had to go right with the old part, right? Because it's an old record, oh. and Granny being old and back in her time. That, that is not what I was saying. The oh. record's been around a long, long, long time. Oh, oh. So chances of her hearing it at some point is probably pretty good. Okay. Especially right. it was made a big deal out of when okay. they um when she won when uh, when he won. So I'm gonna say she got this one right. She got this one right. All right. And and who is the, the swimmer, by the way, out of that group? The the record holder? Yep. Spitz. That's right. That's right. Matt, before we press play, we have another. We've talked about some friends here. You know, you're a lifeguard. I, I don't know if I know any other lifeguards, but I was trying to remember. We have another friend that uh, 
he never like getting in the pool. Sometimes he'd get into the pool or or hot tub with <laughs> jeans on, but he more than that, he loves soaking his wrist in a swimming pool, just laying on the side and soaking his wrist. I guess he had a wrist injury or a broken wrist or something like that. Isn't that odd? Do you think that's odd that someone would soak their wrist in a in a lukewarm swimming pool? You know, the jeans thing I thought was very odd, although I've seen it with my own eyes. I've even seen him get into a hot tub with jeans, <laughs> which, um, hey, for each his own, but definitely a little odd. Yeah, uh, definitely. So I guess the wrist thing fits right in. Yeah, that's right. That's not much further of a leap. All right, well, you said Granny is going to know it, and we're looking for Mark Spitz. Whose record Mark's, did he break? Mark Spitz. Four for four. Jeez. You are on a roll. You are on a roll. I, I thought this game, I thought I was going to be on, on edge a little bit more, on the edge of my seat. I mean, you just, you're just running roughshod, I think, as they say. So, uh, congratulations, congratulations on that. Four for four. We got one question left. Is this going to be a clean sweep? Is Keith going to go five for five? Let's see. Do you remember the miracle on ice in the Winter Olympics? Uh, I'm not sure. Okay. Well, the United States pulled off a miraculous victory in the 1980 Winter Olympics. Who did they beat as an underdog? Did they beat Russia, Canada, or Mexico? Keith, do you remember the miracle on ice? Well, I have seen the movie. And I'm familiar with it, and I know they beat Russia. Okay, good enough for me. We were pretty young back then, but as you said, I, I've seen the movie. I'm very familiar with it. But do you think Granny is going to know? I think she's going to know it's not Mexico. Matter of fact, <laughs> let me play this. <laughs> okay, that's 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 right. So you're talking through it. I'm not sure. Does Mexico have a, a an ice hockey team, Keith? That you're aware of? Uh, you know, I do not know the answer to that. No? I was just thinking about that. Yep. I, I do not know. I, I mean, I thought I thought that I could slip that one in there and really fool her, but uh, I'm not actually sure if, if Mexico fields an ice hockey team. But, you know, they're a close neighbor of ours and competitive in so many different ways in sports. So, uh, I don't know. We'll see how this plays out. But let me play one more clip before you make your final decision. Winter Olympics. Hmm. See? You hear that labor in her voice again? She's laboring <laughs> over this. Winter Olympics. She had to repeat Winter Olympics. Doesn't sound like a person that's very confident, does she? Well, uh, it doesn't sound that way. Wow. So what are you thinking? Is Granny going to get it right? I think she's going to say Canada because it's been much more of a competition the last few years about the U.S. and Canada. So I'm going to say she's going to get this one wrong. Wrong. So she is not going to say Russia. Well, I hope she's not going to say Russia. Right. She hasn't let me down yet today. I'm going to give you one more. This is the before I click the button. It's your big chance, big stage. I can't think of a bigger stage for you to be on right now, quite frankly. You can go five for five. Again, 
a hundred per you said you got a hundred percent in that paper and that wasn't true but this is something that no one can ever take away from you five four five what is your final answer a lot of pressure i'm, I'm gonna stick with my first thought all right we're looking for something other than russia i'd say russia Oh, you let me down, Granny. Oh, Keith, you were so close to running the table, so close. No contest. Well, I mean, you 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 won the twenty five dollar gift card. Congrat! Or the, your your wife won the gift card, so it, it's good that she had every bit of confidence. And you've proved you've proved yourself. You've proved her right. Uh, you you've represented your family and and. <laughs> community well <laughs> on this show by getting four out of five right on the the uh first episode of the granny games and no one mm. will ever be able to take that away from you you got that right <laughs> any 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 parting words that you'd like to share with the audience with your listeners your it, fans? it has been a marvelous time thank you for having me thank you for reaching out to me uh, through through my wife's Facebook account. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, I, I want to reiterate, post this on Facebook. We we did have a random draw. Uh, everyone who volunteered, uh, we put names randomly on pieces of paper, and Cindy, my wife, selected the random winner. So um, there was no handpicking. This wasn't a preference of, of mine or anything you, you you were randomly selected from a group i believe it was about six or seven people so just wanted to just wanted to provide that disclaimer for anyone that's listening who volunteered all right well again my, my congratulations keith what a way to kick off the first ever granny games on the borderline offensive show oh thank you it's been wonderful all right. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Granny Games. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. The man with four names, maybe even more. I don't know. My son, Cameron Beisel, a.k.a. Mike Banks. What's up, Mike? Hey there. I have two names. I didn't know you know my two nicknames, too. <laughs> There's a couple others that I don't go by anymore. They're retired, but I'm here. Hey. I saw a couple text messages on your phone and Connor. I saw them. Yeah, yeah. I still don't have privacy. <laughs> you move out and you pay for it on phone, but you still have access to it. Yeah. Lucky for you, people say we kind of look alike, but since I gained 150 pounds, the face recognition thing doesn't quite work. Yeah. Well, it has to be the right like lighting for us to, to look alike. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, cool socks. <laughs> Did you buy them? <laughs> They're rock, paper, scissors socks. I see. I just noticed that. I saw, I'm used to all the different socks on your feet. I don't think I've years, worn a normal pair of socks in like eight years. That is indeed rock, paper, scissors. Yeah, I guess the way you could tell who won is by who has the most on it. Yeah. And, and I'm looking at it. Whoever designed that, you know, scissors aside, because I can't really see the full scissors, but the paper and the rock are like staring each other down. Yeah, they put googly eyes on them, but... They try to make the scissors blades look like its mouth, oh, if I that's see. what you're saying. So it's I a little confusing, it. but yeah. I don't know. Uh, I don't question them. I just wear them. Speaking of that, let's let's get this show off to an even more awkward start. Even more uh, awkward than yeah, this? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
What, what, what percentage of the time do you think, or who, who do you think wins the rock, paper, scissors bout more? Or who has a higher win percentage? Well, in real life, it would be rock. Yeah? But in terms of that, I don't know. I mean, they try to pretend like it's a huge, big mind game. Um, I'd probably say paper wins the most because people want to lean towards rock. That's right. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking paper because people think rock is stronger. Yeah. See? You, t- you, you tune into to this show thinking it's just going to be jokes and comedy, but we're talking about Wait, some serious Wait, this wasn't a whole joke the whole time. <laughs> no, no. No. Someone, I guarantee you, more than one person listening right now is going to participate in a rock, paper, scissors match within the next few days. Probably. We're, we're doing a public service by helping people. Yeah, we're preparing them, but there's like a lot of rules you can study, too. To get into that like they have a world championship for rock paper scissors i'm aware of that <laughs> I, it's funny i've seen like 80 people i think i've seen 80 champions mm-hmm. they, they all they have shirts it says yeah. world rock paper scissors champion you bought one from walmart that said that <laughs> <laughs> or was it meyer i can't believe which division did you compete in <laughs> all i know is there's a lot of rock paper scissors champions walking around. <laughs> yeah. just a shirt i think you get more when you get more than a shirt if you win a world championship, you probably get like what? five bucks too. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, God, what would that trophy look like? It's probably got the rock paper scissors hand signs on it. You know, <laughs> like all three of them. Uh, like I said, deep, deep stuff here. Very deep stuff. So, how do you like the studio? The studio is pretty cool. We got a lot of Notre Dame stuff in here. That's cool. Mm-hmm. A lot of people probably wouldn't like that, but what? If you're a decent human being, you'd appreciate it. That's right. That's and. Right. Uh, yeah, you got good lighting on your side, but I'm over sitting in the dark, um, which makes us look alike, like I mentioned earlier. And um, yeah, no, it's nice. It's uh, a lot better than the office in the last house. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's nice that I can actually use this as an office now that I have a podcast. Yeah, well, you're not u- actually, you're not using fine. it for anything else, even though there's an <laughs> exercise bike in here. <laughs> That's where I do all my thinking. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, not much thinking going on. Actually. No, no. No, I mean, re- literally, that's, I just sit down there and think. And okay. Because yes. it reclines more than this chair. Yes. And then the <laughs> exercise is the housework here, right? Because you're you moved into a new place and it was a little bit of a fixer-upper. Come to think of it, wait, before we move on to that, the, I don't even think there's a like a strap or a chain on that. So <laughs> if you, it's like your chain popped on your bike. <laughs> if you actually try to use it, it's just going to spin wildly. Yeah. Yeah. The no resistance on it, just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, thanks for for noticing. Yeah, I mean, look, look what I can do. I multiple desks. I got my Notre Dame shrine. I got my work. Well, my computer that I'm supposed to do work on regularly, mm-hmm. and then I got my real work computer here. My podcast computer, right? Yep. Got my microphone, my yeah. It basically, this looks like a podcast room, doesn't it? It really does. I, I this is how I picture people, especially in these times, doing podcasts at home. <laughs> you know, like the people that have the fancy ones, like rent like places. What? This isn't fancy. <laughs> um, Wait a second. I I I I, I, res- I regret mentioning. Thank you. That word. I uh, I meant to say um, the professional rooms. There you go. I, I can live with that. Okay. There we go. Um, yeah, the professional rooms, like, they rent stuff, but they, they are able to rent those places with the money they're making from the podcast. Did you did you also uh, – well, no, I know you know this because you made fun. You heard, you heard my wife 
Your mom. Yeah, my mom. What? <laughs> <laughs> you heard my wife get angry last night when we mentioned about putting an on-air sign outside <laughs> the door. She she refuses to feed into your podcast uh, hype. Why such the resistance? I mean, everybody successful deals you've, with it. You've known her for what? How many years? How old am I? <laughs> Twenty-four years. Yeah, that's why I kind of led into that. I mean, you, you know. <laughs> You've known her for a number of years, right? Yeah, quite a few. I mean, you know, she's a good mom, a great wife. I mean, but she, does she does she seem really supportive and excited about this? Uh, I know where you're trying to spin this. I heard her this morning come in and give you uh, her her thoughts and uh, some recommendations for your podcast, and then you said thank you. So yeah, no, she is being very supportive. Yeah. I guess so. I guess so. In certain way, in her own She's way. She's not supportive of you acting like a celebrity because of it. <laughs> you mean like when I say, you know, those of us in the industry or like <laughs> when I reference the Smiley Morning Show, who's a legitimate, successful yeah, you're regular radio on that personality show, so. and say, well, you wouldn't understand. That's just for people like us that are in the in the business. That's that's what we do as stand up comedians just to deflect conversations we don't want to be a part of. I think Chris Bowers mentioned that in the last episode, but yeah. happens way far too often. Yeah, and yeah. I just feel like that's because like everybody said something funny before, and so everybody thinks they can have an opinion on how to be funny. So yeah, so you're used to me embarrassing you and the rest of the family, you know, pretty mm. much your entire life. How does this how does this chapter feel? You know, now I've ventured out into this uh, world of podcasts, and it's it's a new level of embarrassment. This is just another thing on the long list in my life of things that sounded like a great idea before I started it, being cautious during it, and then afterwards understanding it was a terrible idea. <laughs> so we're in the middle of that process now, yeah. uh, except for when you're listening to this. It's, it's long gone, and I'm driving home regretting doing this. <laughs> <laughs> so how does it feel also? I don't know if any of your friends are – you know, we're going to get in – we're going to get into – you know your 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 comedy and your comedy career. I can officially say, you know, a comedy career. You've been so busy uh, performing and putting shows together, all that. But mm-hmm. before we get into all that, how does it feel having a a dad? How does it feel having a dad that is kind of like an annoying little brother mm-hmm. that? follows in your footsteps or you know sees you doing something and then has to copy what you're doing you know how many years ago what is it about uh seven years ago that you started stand-up 2014 so six yeah years? six years ago six years ago you, you said hey you guys are gonna come to my show i'm gonna do stand-up <laughs> comedy and of course we were supportive and and like, are there any more spots <laughs> And then, you know, a few years later, hey, Dad, I'm going to do a uh, – starting a podcast. Oh, great. Where is it? Let me listen. And then the next day, what was the text message you got? I'm starting a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and now here we are. We are here. Here we are. Hey, you know, people can say a lot of things about me. Well, people can say a lot of things about me. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. That's putting no. their lips. But I, if one, th- if there's one thing, I follow through, right? If it's not work related, I mean, if it's fun, then I follow through. I follow <laughs> through. 
<laughs> yeah, you know, I just realized that um, people say we sound alike when we talk, so I wonder if it's just going to sound like you talking to yourself in this episode. It, yeah, I, d- I don't know. I, I don't hear it. Some people <laughs> say that, but uh, I don't know. You sound much more intelligent. That's I I finished college when I went. That's, that's right. <laughs> oh, you went there this early? Real? What are we, 10 minutes in? And you're already there? As if I don't get enough of that from my so-called friends. Oh, don't worry. Your podcast has more views than mine, so there you go. Uh, you, uh, you win where it matters, entertainment. Oh, that's just mercy likes. You'll see when it drops off by percent <laughs> Yeah, that was people hoping you would fail. Yeah, they wanted to see the... So if the numbers yeah. go down, that's good because you, you proved them wrong, and they're not okay. interested anymore. All so. right, that's an interesting way of looking at it. <laughs> That's another thing you taught me is how to turn everything to be your gain. Yep. Yep. The positive side, right? Absolutely. Yep. Just like quitting games, board games, video games. Oh, well, at least you didn't beat beat me. Who knows how it would have ended? I quit on my own. Exactly. You didn't beat me. (laughs) What what was the other thing? Uh, I said I was going to make it into a bumper sticker. Oh, I don't remember. Oh, shoot. I can't remember what that was. Oh, oh, that's right. You know. My take on the you win some, you lose some old saying. You know, you win some, you quit some. Oh, yeah. He who quits never loses. He who quits, that's Dash it. Dash Socrates. That's what I was going for. He he who quits never loses. Mark that. Write that on your That's your why your rock, paper, scissors poster. record is undefeated. <laughs> <laughs> write that down on your post-it notes and memory boards and dream catchers and all that stuff and You'll go far. You'll go far. You'll make it to where we're at right now. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting in a back room of a middle class okay, this income is a ni- house just, this is a nice in room. a podcast room converted with dog toys that are ripped open and don't work anymore. And going to knock over my Jack and Coke. Yeah, don't. That's that's the that would be the worst thing you could do. Like. Yeah. We could, like, say the most inappropriate stuff and get canceled, but if you spill the Jack and Coke, that would be far worse. But, no, I yeah, when, I, when I'm when i at a place that allows me to drink, like, sometimes I record my podcast at the Cigar Lounge, but they don't let you bring alcohol in. Uh, so if I'm recording at my place, we, we drink. I Libations around. That's, mm-hmm. how you, that's how you do it. I think it helps with the uh, chill atmosphere because people get nervous doing podcasts. They try to get, like, oh, I got to put on a show. I got to be on it 100%. But podcasts are mainly just kind of chilling and just – dumping your brain out and people yeah. appreciate that so well and you know this you, you can vouch for me i'm not much of a drinker and i don't oh, yeah. mean yeah. i don't mean in terms of drinking so people are gonna they always try to make fun and say i drink zima and all these <laughs> other kind of weak drinks i just mean i don't sit around the house drinking alcohol or we don't go out much at all and drink but you know what <laughs> i put in my work today i put in my a Dude, good day bitch. a good three hours work or so I'm going to relax. It's nice out. Yeah, if Celebrating you being here, doing this in-person podcast. I'm going to have, have a Jack and Coke. You deserve it. I, if they saw how you were dressed earlier, <laughs> I mean, from the waist up, they would know you worked hard. <laughs> My newscaster uh, outfit. <laughs> Is that what they do with on the, TV? With the, with the, with the jacket, tie, <laughs> shirt, and then cruddy shorts. It could be fu- it could be worse. You you could have had the pajama pants. I've seen people do yeah. that for the Zoom meetings, but yeah. uh you you had the like frat star shorts on the with the blazer <laughs> up top, so that's actually a good look. A lot of people do that. Okay, see? See? I'm hip. Yeah. Wait, yeah. do people still say that? No, but <laughs> <laughs> the people that say they're hip have a broken hip, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, let's change gears. 
Let's change gears here, man. Right, let's talk. Good. Let's talk. Let's talk about you. Taking it out of park. Yeah. Let, let, let's talk about you, and and what you have going on. So mentioned earlier, you know, years ago. When was it? 2016. You said when I you did your first start. My first stand up set. Stand up. 14, 14. Senior year of high school. Yep. Yep. Listen, man. I sound like an interviewer. I'm your father. I was there. I technically I started remember. writing at age 17, but then I turned 18 a week before that set, so I, I started performing at 18. Some would say you started writing far, far long ago. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, but officially writing mm-hmm. with the intent of using it mm-hmm. on stage, you started writing yep. at age 17. Yeah. Can you identify when you, fir- when you were first interested in doing stand-up? Oh, I don't know because uh, I didn't really watch stand-up much growing up. Um, it was like one of the things on the list of stuff we weren't allowed to watch. And <laughs> then, uh, so it's funny because like, you know, like there's all these stories that like Gabriel Iglesias says when he was like five, he watched Eddie Murphy Delirious mm-hmm. and he was obsessed and now he's like one of the most famous comedians of all time. Uh, I wasn't allowed to see what my passion was. I wasn't allowed to learn about it at a young age and jump on it. So Talk about some other things you weren't allowed to watch. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I don't. I can't remember. And the that whole you self-reported on in a uh, PG thirteen movies when I was fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> but that wasn't your your decisions. Um, but do you remember the other story? You were spending a night at a friend's house when you were what in like fourth grade. That was that was me. That was the the Simpsons. Yeah, that was me. They wanted to yep. watch the Simpsons uh, Star Wars movie. Yep. And I was like, oh, guys, I am not. I don't think I'm allowed to watch The Simpsons. <laughs> and they were like, oh, that's fine. Let's watch normal Star Wars. And then, like, the next morning, like, mom called. And she was like, I'm so proud of you. If you called and asked, I probably would have let you watch it. But that, that's so great that, like, when we're not around, you're still following the rules. See? So, yeah. Good. There, there you go. go. Well behaved. There you go. At that age. <laughs> but, um, so stand-up. I remember the first time I ever watched stand-up, unless you count Jeff Dunham, because mm-hmm. I saw him once, but he's a ventriloquist. Um. It was uh, it was Gabriel Iglesias actually. Um, you remember Max? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. he he spent the night at the at the last house that we lived in, and he was like, "You gotta watch this." And we watched Gabriel Iglesias, mm-hmm. and my mind was blown, and I'd never because I'd never watched stand up before, and I was like, "How is he up there just talking?" And people were laughing so hard, and then uh, I, I didn't really watch stand up after that. I think that was like freshman year or sophomore year of high school, and then um, un- uh, like a year later, another friend came over to spend the night. Uh, he showed me Kevin Hart, his first special, uh, I'm a Grown Little Man, and my mind was blown by that one, too. And then that's when I started getting obsessed with watching stand-up without mm-hmm. ever thinking of doing it. So that was, I think, sophomore year of high school. And then I was watching it endlessly. I was watching all this stuff. I found out what Def Jam Comedy was. I found mm-hmm. out all this stuff, all these amazing comedians, and I was following Kevin Hart's career at that time because he was blown up. As, as you look back at that now, and under and, and thinking about the restrictions in this household <laughs> and what you were not allowed to experience. Yeah. Is it disappointing, frustrating, ironic, all the above or some other word that that's pretty much my childhood and that I grew up <laughs> It's just ironic seeing it's... all of that and enjoying all of that. Oh yeah. <laughs> You know, a lot of there there are a few of my friends that that may have listened to the first episode. They may be listening now, but chances are they're not. But there are <laughs> quite a few of my friends that heard the old story. Um, I'll use one name. I had a I had a childhood friend named Lance, and uh, I was always a comedy fan. You know, I watched Saturday Night Live and a couple different things. Just when I would spend the night at other people's houses, 
we didn't have cable until I was in like high school. Cable TV. Oh, really? So I was kind of limited, see, but right? I did get to grow up with that. Yeah, see, <laughs> there you go. In your own room, too. Not just in the household, <laughs> but in your room you had cable and yeah. a color TV. So anyway, uh, one, one of my childhood friends, Lance, uh, who was kind of the man back then especially, I uh, spent the night at his house, and he had this tape and a boombox. Like, he... I'm not going to talk about his personal life, but but he was a cool cat. He was like the first kid in our grade that had a, not not a boombox, but like a nice-ass boombox. You hit mm-hmm. the eject button, and we always measured it by how slow the, the cassette. It oh, was cooler the slower it came out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, I got you. And for those of you, the cassettes are little annoying plastic rectangles that used to rip and after you played them three or four times and you couldn't use them. But anyway, he had a, he had a cassette tape of Eddie Murphy delirious and I couldn't believe what I was hearing and I loved it mm-hmm. and I was cracking up and I walked down within a day or two to our mall and walked into the back when they had record stores, walked in again, not even in middle school mm-hmm. and was able to buy Eddie Murphy delirious oh, really? at the record store, came home, Put it in my little broke ass cassette player, which was like one of them little flat rectangle things with a little pool arm on the end. Mm-hmm. Played it, used to listen to it, memorized it, was stupid enough to keep playing it even when my grandmother was around, who I grew up with. She heard it, didn't see didn't see the humor in it like I did. Oh, really? I don't know why. Anyway, the, the funny end of the story is that, and the, the, a couple of friends of mine still laugh about to this day, was... She made me watch as she threw the tape in the burn. But we used to burn our trash back in the day. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, we lived on a farm. Uh-huh. She made me watch as she burned the tape oh, in wow. the trash. <laughs> My Annie Murphy tape. Oh, it was man. like four four ninety nine back then. Now back then, that's like what? Well, I don't know. To be fair, you only had like two or three more plays left on before it ripped. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So you know, again, I'm here to say to all of you. I mean, I'm sure it's no no surprise how I turned out. I was listening to and memorizing. I was memorizing Eddie Murphy Delirious when I was in, I think, fourth grade, fourth or fifth grade. Think about that. Think about your kids right now listening to Eddie Murphy Delirious and everything contained in that tape. So a little different upbringing. Well, I won't won't call it upbringing, but what I was exposed to as compared to what you were able to do. But maybe you were sneaking stuff. I don't know. (laughs) Like I I did. Who knows? But telling on yourself... Imp, you know, not telling on yourself, but imposing the those same restrictions proves, yeah. tells me that I was a little bit better at that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So again, you know, uh, I I actually remember it. You know, comedy, laughter, jokes. It's tough to be in this family, right? I mean, you can't just be <laughs> no, no. any average person and grow up in this family. You gotta have thick skin. Oh well, that's true, but I wouldn't say it's tough per se. I mean, it's tough. <laughs> There's a lot of tougher situations you could be in. I would that's say true. It is a challenge, but I think everybody has is yeah. capable because yeah. I always tell people I'm lucky because everybody in my family knows how to talk and be funny and be personable. And then you go out in the world and like everybody has social anxiety. Like mm-hmm. it's very mm-hmm. rare to do it, but like that's because like all the you and all your friends and mom and everybody like. Has, was so outgoing that we just we picked up on it and it's natural to us so mm-hmm. i would say there's yep. gives and takes 
how did you find out that there were open mics? How did you yeah, yeah, muster so. up the courage and say, you know what? And did you make the decision and then work towards your goal in writing? Or did you start kind of writing and then say, yep, I'm ready. I think I'm going to call and get on that show. Yeah, so I was watching it for years without ever considering doing it. And then uh, one of the first times I ever performed stand-up was I was just quoting Kevin Hart at the lunch table. And they were dying laughing, which wasn't my material, but it was still I was learning how to do it. And then uh, before I know it, there are people uh, that were just telling me I'm funny. And I was like, I am? I, was, I didn't even realize I was just being me. And then uh, eventually people were like dying laughing. I remember one time I was sitting in a car with people. I think it was outside of uh, Panda Express or something. And everybody was just dying laughing. And then it got really quiet. And my friend Andrew, Andrew Huff, you know him. Mm-hmm. He just looked at me really seriously and was like, dude, you are so freaking funny. Except he didn't say freaking. Did he say freaking? Yeah, he didn't say freaking. I know Huff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm, ge- I'm betting he did That was kind frickin'. of when it clicked. But um, in terms of like writing stand-up, when I was in show choir senior, I'd never done theater before. Oh, sorry, I just hit the mic. Um, I never did theater before. And when we hung out, it was way different than when I hung out with my other groups of friends. Because, you know, I had football friends mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um. We didn't sit and just stare at Netflix. Wait, go ahead. Are you tr- are you trying to say that that the <laughs> groups of friends, you know, are different whether you're a football player or in show choir? Yeah, there's they're, not much they're crossover. Not much crossover. Just me and Austin Williams. Yeah, that's it. They're I remember. Really I team. remember. I was gonna say yep. one other. Yep. So yep. yeah, no, there's not much. They're very different. So yeah, instead of mm-hmm. just like sitting around, just playing video games or uh, wa- watching something and being quiet, like that's what people do nowadays. They just sit and watch stuff and don't. Like, you just drove all the way to hang out and just not talk? <laughs> the show choir, the theater friends, we would just entertain ourselves. We would play that game where we'd start a story and have a stick, and you pass the stick and continue the story and just do improv. We would just go into bits and just, like, shut down reality and just play these characters out of nowhere. And then eventually one time somebody was like, check this out, and he, he brought out his microphone and that wasn't plugged into anything. And we pretended to be stand-up comedians. And mine was actually good jokes because I had been watching for so long. Mm-hmm. It was ingrained how to do it, like tone and cadence and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was actually like making them laugh for real instead of us just being like, oh, that's stupid. So then I was like, oh, I'm going to start writing stuff. And then every time that uh, the, the sh- like I hung out with the theater friends, they wanted me to do a set. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we, I would do sets at yep. friends' houses. and uh, When we were hanging out at the school, stuff like that, I would do little stand-up stuff. So I was, like, writing stuff in my phone. Uh, hardly any of it was actually funny outside of that friend group. But then I remember eventually one time one of my friends was like, every time we hang out, you do stand-up. So uh, I don't want to – let's just do something else this time. Let's not hear you do this. So I was like, fine, I'm going to go somewhere where they do want to hear me do stand-up. So I looked up what I should do, and I found out what open mics are because I didn't even know how stand-up mm-hmm, worked. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I signed up for one, and they let me in. And uh, then I remember when they emailed me back saying I was on the list, I ran down and I was like, have you heard of Morty's? And you <laughs> and mom were like, yeah, we love going there. We've seen mm-hmm. great shows there. I was like, I'm doing an open mic there. <laughs> and I thought you were going to so- thought it sounded stupid, but you were like, no way, we're coming. That's amazing. Oh, my gosh. You were so excited and supportive. And then you said, uh, is there any more spots on the list? <laughs> you know, you performed like two months later, I think. You perform much later, you, yeah. Because I remember we posted, uh, we posted one of the nights that we mm-hmm. performed on the same night. I think that was the mm-hmm. second time you performed. I posted a picture of us. We had the oh, same right. pose. Yeah, yeah. We had our hand on the mic the same yeah. exact way. I mean, that's and like I any said, dad, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. And I said, um, like I said, like father, like son, or in this case, would it be like son, like father? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you, you signed up after you realized you could just sign up. 
because he was like, this kid just sits in his room and plays video games, and he got on the list. Yeah, I can do this. <laughs> but yeah, so then that's how I got to do the first open mic, and ever and I did okay that night. People actually laughed, which yep. is rare for your first time performing. Yep. It was just because I'd been writing for like half a year at that point. Yep, and that, um, I respect anyone who has the courage to get up on a stage and do anything. Mm-hmm. I respect anyone who has the courage to get up on stage and try to perform comedy mm-hmm. for sure. And I'll get to that. I'll get back to that in a couple minutes, but yeah, I mean, look, I, if, if I didn't even know you that night and knew that was mm-hmm. your first time, I mean, you did great. That, it was, it was really interesting. Uh, it was, it's really interesting now when you think back too, because you know, that night you met Miss Pat. Mm, uh, what were the chances of that? I know. Yeah. Right. And, and Bowers, who I just had on friends. last week. You know, yep. on last week's show, Bowers, and we were all sitting in the front, which mm-hmm. I knew I'd gone to comedy we shows We all learned enough. that night. <laughs> yeah, and they just went right through and and just And then know, they knew that you us. were related to me, and then they related it to yep. that. What did she say? She liked your cologne? She was up there? She waved me oh, over, yep. and she asked, are those your parents? And I don't know how she knew, but I said, yeah, yeah, I did. She's like, oh, cool. And then she went, because I didn't know who she was at the time. And then she went on stage, and I went, "Oh no!" <laughs> yeah, she made a joke about my cologne because, yep. uh, yeah, I yep. leaned over to because t- you know you want to be quiet in the comedy club, so I leaned yep. real close to her. She could smell it. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Because no, Bowers was mad because my h- friends from high school went. He was like, "Oh man, look, he's got a." <laughs> what did mm-hmm. all did he say? He yep. said, "Oh, he's athletic. Yeah, his shoes match his sweatsuit, and he yep. has friends." Yep, you <laughs> I didn't hate fi- him. You didn't. F- yeah, that's right. <laughs> You didn't really kind of fit in. You didn't understand what it was to be a comic and the pain, you know, and right. the way that they look and dress. And here you are looking cool. You have friends and date girls and people <laughs> yeah. like you and you're athletic and your yeah. tracksuit and yeah. all that. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty funny. Yeah. The people yeah. we met that night that was such a great experience. Yeah. And I think he asked me if I was your coach or if I was banging your mom. Something like that. Yeah, I remember. I remember. I don't remember specifically. that. <laughs> I remember it specifically, word for word. Like my coach. That was his. That was his lead in because he came up next. <laughs> he uh, was right after me. Yeah, because yeah. he started off. Who was that guy? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was a that was a fun night. That was a fun night. Yeah. So I should have learned then how to play off of each other on the set. I do that now at open mics, but I was so like, I was writing word for word. Mm-hmm. And doing it that I couldn't play around like that, but that was cool. I, it was so cool to to watch everybody that night. And open yep. mics rarely go that well, so we got yep. lucky. How many performances would you say you do per month now? And I know you know we'll get to talk maybe about COVID and you know how that's affected things, but you know on average, let's say pre-COVID, yeah, uh, pre-COVID, how how many performances would you would you do per month? Yeah, so like paid gigs, probably like two or three a month would be a good month. I think five was the most I had in one month because I remember Brent was like, jeez, this guy's getting booked. Sometimes it's none. Sometimes it's one. Um, It just depends, you know, but I'd say on average two or three paid gigs a month. And then for open mics, two to three mm-hmm. a week. Yep. Two, um, th- yeah. two to three. And I'm hitting two now. Um, One, one of them shut back down because mm-hmm. of spiking cases in that county. Uh, But that was a, a club in Illinois. So that makes sense. That state's getting hit harder. Um, but, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, one, one open mic a week now because of COVID. Yep. But pre-COVID, two to three open mics a week. Yep. So that's I, I, so as my point. You're quite busy, quite busy with comedy. And mm-hmm. uh, 
some people might not know or you know people that come to the to the shows and see you as often as they do might not know that that uh, you're a business guy you know mm-hmm. I'll, I'll call it a business guy uh, mm-hmm. that you're a you're an engineer and you have a full-time yeah pretty good job daryl that, that owns d's and miller he says i'm corporate that's what he says <laughs> corporate's here <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So you know, look, you're, uh, working in a, in a in a good, you know, having, having a good well engineering job, yeah, full time gig like you do, mm-hmm. um, putting in that time, and then you know, two to three open mics a week or paid paid gigs. It's a lot easier when you don't have kids, yeah. and it's all yeah. I do. I I go to work, which is the same time every day. Usually, sometimes I stay late, and then just go when I can. Where are we at next in the story? Are we uh, are we trying to go to uh, when I went to college and didn't perform for four years, pretty much? I really started doing stand-up, like, about a year and a half ago. That's when, like, I got back mm-hmm. in the game and was able to mm-hmm. actually go to open mics regularly. Because when I was in VU, uh, the, the market, my home club now, because I go there the most, is right across the street from the campus. If yep. that was open yep. when I was going to college, I could have been working out. I would be... I would be seven years yep. in the game right now, yep. but because of going to college and having no free time because of engineering mm-hmm. school and other obligations right. in college, because you have to do clubs to put on your resume yep. and other activities, I would have all that experience. But now I'd say probably total, uh, I'm probably like like you know like two three years of experience. Isn't it funny when you grow up and you just become an adult and you're working? It seems like you have more time and it's a lot easier. You had more. You have more time now as a working professional. I, an adult than you yeah. did when you were in college. You college didn't have as is, much time. It's not fair because it's 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 just well. First of all, you're learning how to take care of yourself, which some it comes easier to some people than others. But it's what I was mentioning earlier the the clubs and stuff. You know what I've heard people recommend to freshmen? They say everything that you're slightly interested in, join it, and then when every when it gets too stressful and you can't handle it you'll realize what the things are you really do like and then cut out the rest of it. That's what they recommend to you. They recommend overload and then decompress. And some people don't end up uh, cutting back. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, so, I mean, like, if you just go to classes, it's not too bad. It's still Mm -hmm. bad, but it's not too bad. But, like, when you uh, run in track, Mm -hmm. when you – some people have a job, which would be worse than going to school and running track like I did. Uh, The the different clubs you have to do and stuff like that. Church, yeah, if you go to church, not Chapel. many people in college didn't go to you, church. That's usually when go, they drop off. <laughs> didn't you have to go a certain – I mean, yeah, you went more than any Well, if you're Catholic, they say you have to go. But <laughs> okay. Um, they, uh, but if, if you go to church because you want to, which I do, mm-hmm. yeah, you go to church once a week and uh, you can do other activities there, you know, help out with events and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, But then my job senior year was to work at my church. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, just there's, there's other stuff. And uh, that's the that's the period when people are trying to make themselves look impressive even more. So it gets stressful. And uh, yeah, I do have more free time now as a working adult. <laughs> and interesting, I've heard you talk about this a few times. It's not necessarily my my gig, but you know, I don't go all out. I don't really use profanity. I don't get really dirty when I do my well, com- no, my comedy. But you know how but to use you, it correctly. But yeah, so I want. It's an interesting thing because we've talked about it. I don't know that. I don't think you made at one time a conscious effort to be a clean comedian, but it is kind of who you are. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, just kind of talking about there are some out there. There are some Mm -hmm. professional, well-known, you know, comedians out there. But 
I do find it interesting because you are probably in the in the the like lower ten percent. I would say less than ten yeah. percent of comedians that I see out there, at least at this level, you know, definitely um, at this level, <laughs> uh, are anywhere near clean. Um, do people comment on that, like the other comedians? Not particularly, because I remember telling somebody one time, and they're like, "I didn't even notice," because I'm the type of clean comedian where it's like, um, I can I can hang in any show. Um, it's not like I'm. I'm like forcing it down your throat that I'm clean mm-hmm. and that uh, some people think they're better than others because they're clean. Mm-hmm. But I just I do it because like one of the number one things that you need to do on stage is like be true to yourself. And so when I was when I was doing dirtier jokes that I thought were funny, it, it, the people weren't laughing that much because um, they could see right through me. They knew that mm-hmm. wasn't me. So when I when I eventually just was only writing clean um it, it, i guess it just came off better because that's who i am so yeah it's just me being natural it's not like me trying to like uh you know be be able to do conan or be on tv and get mm-hmm. paid for uh clean gigs but uh it's just how i write i guess because it's who i am so it's safe to say you're a lot you're a lot like bill cosby i'm, I'm in more ways than you know <laughs> You just admitted that? <laughs> yep, yeah. All right, let me let's step back now and do the right thing. This is borderline offensive, but we're not making jokes about sexual assault and all that. I'm just saying Bill Cosby promoted himself, got on a pedestal, <laughs> condemned other people for using profanity, was That's a clean comic, and I simply slid that in there. Oh wait, I shouldn't say. Well, I I love I love dirty comedians too if they're funny. Like, yeah, I'm not yeah, like that's against it. it. That's if it. Yeah. yeah. So, but just figured I'd throw that Bill Cosby thing. Well, that's the problem with that. with with dirty comedians is that they uh like with the uh, the way that like uh the political atmosphere is now being mm-hmm. politically po- yep. political correctness like dirty comedians now comedians hate woke people. Mm-hmm. Nobody no comedian hates woke people more than Bill Cosby does though. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I don't think you caught that one. <laughs> i caught the i caught it i was a little slow i, I caught it he, you can he, edit that one he out he prefers the opposite of woke get it yeah ladies and gentlemen we're supposed to uh you know like when you run into a pool and you decide not to jump in at the last second and you like stop awkwardly at the edge of the pool we might have just fell in there so if you want to edit that out that's fine but that's actually a mark normand joke he he, mm. he, he said that on youtube so i stole that i'm a hack comic oh man so living your life up in northern indiana outside you know 30 40 minutes from chicago mm-hmm. they call it the region for mm-hmm. those people not around i don't but they do this area uh you like it up there yeah right? i like you it a like lot the region you know you're trapped you know, i was trapped on campus up there you know uh just you know going to the different buildings and again being busy with all my obligations there that i didn't really get to see what the region was like and then when i graduated and got a car I was like, there's a lot of really cool stuff in that area. Like, it's a great area. It, it does remind me a little bit of uh, Hamilton County mm-hmm. in some aspects. But, yeah, I, I really enjoy living up there. Yep, yep, yeah. I mean, we would come up to visit you, and I have, you know, I travel for work. And I know, go ahead, get your laughter out, everyone. When I, anytime I mention work, the, the eyes roll and people laugh and chuckle, okay? Would I be able to afford this beautiful podcast studio? If I didn't work or if I didn't have some income, right? Look at this. How would I afford all of this, right? 
would he be able to afford all this if he couldn't blackmail rich people? <laughs> you have no idea what he knows. Yeah, that's right. Oh, so yeah, no, I, I, uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting area. Lots to do up there. I, I've warmed up. I'm not really a big city guy, but you know, I've been to Chicago quite a few times, and you know, lots to see and do up there. And it's like you're like in a suburb of Chicago, really. When when it's yeah, I hate that term, but yeah, <laughs> you, you know you the reason why is when you when I went to Valpo, I thought I was going to be with a lot of Indiana kids. Mm-hmm. And it was just 90% of the students there are from a suburbs of Chicago. Yep. And the thing that annoys me the most about it is they're like, I'm from, uh, I don't know if Naperville is mm-hmm. one that is this far away, but they'll say like a city that is like two hours away from Chicago. Yeah. And I'm like, we live, I'm from Noblesville, 45 minutes from Indianapolis. And I don't tell anybody I'm from yeah. Indianapolis. Right. Right. So it just bothered me because everybody said it. So, yep. Yep. Yeah, um, they they sometimes lump in Northwest Indiana with the Chicago land area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So this is kind of a general question: Who are some of your favorite comedians that are out there right mm-hmm. now? Well, my favorite of all time is Nate Bargatze, and he's actually also a clean comedian. Uh, so that kind of goes to it because I was studying him the most because of that fact, and I just fell in love with his his demeanor and his sarcasm and everything and mm-hmm. he does comedy in a way i've never seen before but that's kind of what the greatest all do mm-hmm. they do it in a way that nobody else yeah. does it um and then my other favorites i forget my top five list because i just watched so many but who did i go see with with jake and i saw dimitri martin yeah, yeah he's yeah. yeah he's another one of my favorites yep. uh he he does it in a he does like almost like a stephen wright kind of style where he's a lot of short jokes mm-hmm. real quick ones it's they're they're amazing um, I, I really, really, really love Bill Burr. Bill Burr is he his jokes. He doesn't even write on paper. He has an idea in his head, and then he just he talks his jokes out loud because he he said he doesn't want his jokes to feel written down. So mm-hmm. he writes them out loud. It's it's so cool. I want to see his process someday. I want to catch him like at an early mm-hmm. show before he films his special. You know, um, and then Tom Segura is another one that I love a lot. He's hilarious. Um, Dave Chappelle, I'm a huge fan of. I'm I'm a I'm a bigger fan of post Africa Dave Chappelle than <laughs> I am of the early Dave Chappelle. Mm-hmm. And I saw him. I saw yeah. him in college. That's crazy. When he was really young, he came. Okay, go ahead and get the other jokes out. You tried to take a shot at me earlier about school, but yes, while I was there for a year, we had a guy come through town, and there was a mini comedy show, and Dave Chappelle did about thirty minutes. And hosted and introduced like one oh, or cool. two other people, and I just was sitting there. I didn't even want to be there actually, and I do remember laughing. I remember because he was actually skinnier than I was because I was like <laughs> yeah. super skinny, and I remember and I remember the I kind of remember the name. It was like French. I mean, if, if before he got famous, I wouldn't have remembered the dude's name, but it came back to me. And uh, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Dave Chappelle as well. Uh, everything that he that he did and. Uh, you know, all each each level and tier of his career. Right. I didn't watch the Chappelle show that much, believe it yeah. or not. Um, well, I, I did kind of after it was over and the recordings or the repeats, yeah. whatever. But but yeah, he's fun, he's a funny dude. And you know what? Let me add this. You know, there are I don't I don't like to label. I won't label people. But the one thing I knew going into it years ago before you even got started that has been reinforced being around comedians more now you know the last how many years and it's probably no secret to to many people so 
you really have to be you really have to be sure if you're going to be good at this craft you got to be sharp you know comedians are very intelligent people Mm -hmm. they're creative probably first very creative but they're very intelligent people to be able to craft joke use the right word you could you know you could tell a joke but use a different word you know use a different word once and it doesn't go over as well then figure out mm-hmm. you know if yeah. i just switch that use some other synonym or I use something like that. For that yeah, yeah exactly you find different ways and especially you know when you're when you're doing crowd work that that to me is the funniest because it's organic yeah a lot of what some people do it's not on the fly but it is organic because it came from them but for me i find it funny when people do crowd work and and they're having a conversation Dion, you know, did he that. Always does. Did that last week at the uh, the comedy show He's that we relentless. saw. He can't not do it. Yeah, yeah. He feels I, bad when he does it, but he just can't. <laughs> re- he can't stop himself. Yep. So you can ask him about that next episode when you have him on. And while people are super really funny, I I, I gotta tell you, I feel like people laugh louder when something funny is said by way of crowd work. Because it yeah. just kind of happens, and somebody's quick. And then wit. some comedians who I don't appreciate try to pretend like it was crowd work. Yes. And then people will laugh <laughs> at it because they thought it was on the spot. Yes. I, I don't. I don't appreciate We've that, but I respect that. it. Some guys will play that, play this role where they're what, uh, and I hate to sound offend, but I mean they play up this loserish kind of role. I, I see what you're getting at. Or yeah. not popular, but you know, not smart. Can't do anything right, you know. It's kind of that intelligence. I, thing. I play that on Loser. stage, and they're not, you know. When you meet them and you, you you spend time with them off stage, talk. I mean, it it takes someone who is who, who's intelligent, is quick witted, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, and you can write Joe. You don't have to be have a quick wit when you're writing, but you have to have that that muscle memory, you know. As some people, yeah, muscle memory is a big thing too. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. I, there's a lot of people up where I'm from. Uh, and they're great at crowd work, and mm-hmm. they work it out, and they dedicate times in their open mic sets. Oh, and their shows too sometimes yep. to do crowd work. So yeah, they're definitely working yep. it out, and I'll I'll do it sometimes, uh, but it's not something that I anticipate mm-hmm. doing in each set. I mentioned the Bowers last week too. That uh, you know I kind of thanked him, but I thought it was just cool that people like him, people like Todd McComas, another freaking hilarious dude, uh, former state trooper police officer so hats off to him uh Mm -hmm. but funny funny guy check check him out too god he's funny he's hilarious um but but he todd and bowers and even others took time you know they don't just go out they don't just do their own thing they don't just go Mm -hmm. to shows they took time to go to whatever you want to call round tables Mm-hmm. And help people with writing. You yep. know, they they helped you yep. with a couple jokes, right? Oh, yeah, they helped, helped me you with a couple of some jokes. Angles. But the the most thing that the biggest thing that I learned from that was how to write jokes mm-hmm. and the way they were talking about it and going about it and thinking helped me write jokes. Like even if those jokes didn't become great jokes, the learning the writing process from them was so helpful. Yep. And it still sticks with me to this day. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So all all good guys. I mean, I know it can be. I know comedy is kind of a rough competitive arena. You don't yeah, have to I don't go like out and looking battle. At it as a competitive thing, but some you're, people, yeah. You're. I think you are the exception, and you're very fortunate um, because I see all the people around you and the group up there that, and you guys support each other like family. I mean, yeah, really. Dean was talking about that with us last night. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, you guys support each other, which is not, in my opinion, and from what I hear on the radio, you know, TV and radio, other interviews, and from what I've seen, it's competitive and people are not nice. They're out mm-hmm. to make a career. And look, why am I going to help you if I'm trying to make it? Why am I going to help you get my spot, right? That's mm-hmm. the mentality. Yeah. And uh, you just don't see it. But, you know, that teamwork helps everyone. You know, yeah, exactly. you're helping someone else craft their joke. You, in the meantime, you're like, oh, wow, that j- just kind of thinking through it is opening up opportunities for me to – to create I my did it last night where you hear somebody and then I got my book out and started writing yep. during his set, which I feel bad because I'm missing what he's saying. <laughs> but when it comes to you, you got to write it down or you'll forget it. Mm-hmm. Yep. I've seen that and, and I've kind of admired that about the group. I came up and helped you guys out with the audio stuff for one for one show. And yeah. I've seen other shows, but I mean, it's really cool. If how you came you guys up, you would supportive. see it. It's, if you came to a market mic or another yep. drop mic, you would see it again. It, it's such a great group to be a part of. Yep, I'm definitely yep. blessed and talented to be in that people area. too. Oh, talented, absolutely. Funny people. So, cool. That's cool. So, what else you got going on? Anything you want to plug? Upcoming shows or? Uh, about to do a show in Illinois on August 23rd. Um, and I don't know where. And while while you're doing that, let's go back to the very beginning of this show. It didn't take you very long to have to contend with the issues that I always had back when people actually cared about who I was or had to say my name mm-hmm. <laughs> and dealing with, with introductions, you know, stage introductions, yep, exactly. and butchering your name. And, you know, say, f- first of all, when we talk about Mike Banks, I mean, uh, for, you know, your middle name is Michael, so that's not even a stretch. And Banks is a, you know, family name, if you will, my, yep. you know, my dad's last name. So it's a lot, it's a lot easier for people to say than to, than to you know once they get to ca- you know when they get past camera and that's when it becomes difficult. That's when get, Diesel, yeah. Bissell, Bizel. I would have had a problem with it if they were saying it wrong without me telling them right before the introduction <laughs> how to say it, and then they 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 say how do you say it? and I say it's Bizel, and then they walk to the stage which takes five seconds and then say Bizel or Bizel anyway. Yep. So I was just like, it's just, it's too hard. So I just was like, I want an easy to pronounce name. And that's why yep. I did the stage name. So. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. but uh, for, so for those of you out there, Cameron, Bysel and Mike Banks are one and the same. It's, it's, Maybe it's, all, it's out there now. They, the world knows Check how's, that way. How's Mike Banks's credit compared to Cameron Bysel's credit? <laughs> probably even worse. Is it? A failing, uh, a failing stand-up comedian probably has worse credit than a uh or i'd say let's say a mildly successful stand-up comedian probably has worse credit than just engineering student debt <laughs> but i got the show info pulled yep. up now so yeah i mean the, the next thing i'm doing is uh on august 23rd in uh, harvey illinois we're uh, gonna be at the the entrance venue we're gonna do a show produced by d-man who's been on tv he's done uh comedy central and bad boys of comedy so i love performing on d-man shows they're amazing they're hilarious and then I'm also going to be at the market on September 4th uh, performing. That's in Valparaiso, Indiana. And Yeah, I can't wait to go there. I, I know exactly yeah, where it's you're at. Love I've it when seen you check it. it I've had business meetings there. Yeah. I've heard you know, clips of shows he had there. I'm, I'm looking yeah. forward to yeah. attending a show. We got uh, Jason Thibault is ho- headlining that show, and he's from the Comedy Store in California. So mm-hmm. that's going to be a good show that night. And then after that, I don't think I have anything coming up soon uh shows are very uh scarce because of covid right now but 
I'm lucky to have two gigs that week coming up. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't even know why I didn't think about this. What about the ladies at the shows? Any any uh, benefits or experiences with the with the ladies coming up afterwards or in the in a, how's During, being a comedian? How's being a comedian? Uh, it's uh, <laughs> I don't know how to put it. It's is it a hindrance? Is it a is it is it helpful? Is it neutral? Do people find out you do comedy? It's like, oh, okay. It's uh, when you when you sarcastically put yourself down on stage, they believe it, so it doesn't help. <laughs> well, well, I'm not sure because I've seen I, I've seen a few I've seen a lot of your jokes, but uh, I would think that the few times I've I've seen you do the thing about being broke, mm-hmm. that probably doesn't help. It doesn't really. help at all. <laughs> it doesn't help. Or 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 your broke down car. Or yeah. if they're you're looking for a girl that's willing to push your car through an intersection. Yeah. I'm just going for sympathy. You know, I have the, the joke about how because of COVID, nobody on Tinder wants to meet up with me. That's what I'm telling myself at least, you know. Mm. But it's – it's no, yeah, no, it's, yeah, I know. it's Didn't you say the other day that you order like uh, – what is that? Dine yeah, the best dating app right now is DoorDash. DoorDash, yeah. yeah, yeah. You, know, you get their number right away. <laughs> They text you. <laughs> Don't you order like seven times a day just to, you know. Eight, but yeah, you know. Half like, of them. Yeah, yeah like the, the, you keep getting them back. And then it's awkward. Like you're, you're like X is the delivery girl. <laughs> and it's like, geez, I know I ordered extra salty, but I didn't think it would take it that far. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. not all it's cracked up. To, you got yeah. it's It's not about being a comedian. It's about being a successful comedian. That's then right. it'll happen. So That's right. That's right. It's success. Yeah. Well, good. All right. Well, anything else you want to share with the public before we wrap things up? No, just uh, try to support local art right mm-hmm. now because it's struggling harder than I've ever seen it so in my long 24 years of living. So uh, do your best to safely support local art because they'll appreciate it. What you're saying is it's local art is struggling as hard as my pants struggle to stay buttoned. <laughs> Is that yeah. what you're trying to say? Yeah, and the knitting on or the Or maybe shirt. no, no. They're not struggling quite that much. I'd say local art's probably struggling as, as hard as it was struggling before COVID, too. You guys need to get out there to these shows. These people are so talented, and you're just watching all the people that are successful and don't need your support. Yeah, that's get right. Get out there. Stop watching all the famous comedians. That are skilled and the best at it. That's right. <laughs> Watch the people near you that are learning how to do it. There you go. There you go. And the more you support them, the better they'll get at it. So From his mouth to your ears and your pocket or wallet or then whatever. Then to my pocket eventually. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, I think that's going to do it for episode number three. Can we believe it? Number Both three. of our football jersey numbers that's in right. high school football. That's right. That's right. Number three. Good good, good memory. Yep. Good memory. Uh most people that I, you know, it's, I don't want to, here I go now talking about something else. Yeah, I should have mentioned high school football. Yeah, here now we go. We got another more minutes. Yeah. You want to get my tapes? <laughs> you mind if I put my tapes in over here? Yeah, go ahead. Let's, let's yeah. see. You got. Yeah. It's really depressing. I'll, I, we're going we're gonna to get out of here, but uh, I, I've told you this before. It's really depressing when, as you know, I've coached and uh, people have asked me, you know, where I, what I played and if I played in college, you know, all this different stuff. And they usually ask me, because I coach receivers, they ask me what position I played in high school or college. And not once, but, oh, not twice, but three times. Once was in Pennsylvania, 
and twice here coaching at Noblesville. Mm -hmm. When I told people that I was a receiver, mm -hmm. they laughed. Like, oh, what position did you play in high school? Receiver. <laughs> no, come on. Seriously, what position? Like when people laugh and because they don't believe it, that's mm -hmm. just that's just insulting. That's just insulting. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're like, oh, I figured you were a lineman or a linebacker or fullback or something. It's just our natural ability to make people laugh. Yeah. Does it scare you that this is your future? <laughs> that this is your future right here? Uh, can I see a picture of when you were my age? I'll compare how on track I am for that. I don't know. <laughs> I was uh, I was two when you were my age, I think. So what? what? <laughs> I don't know. I, I I feel like I might have a better chance. Yeah, but we'll you, see. you do. You do. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, that is going to do it for episode three of Borderline Offensive with our special guest, Michael Banks, <laughs> in the house. Remember mm. that name. Search it. I think he's got some stuff out there. You got the Michael Banks show. Check out his podcast. Yeah, yeah I got the Mike Banks show podcast. It's on YouTube as well. And then uh, he's Michael Banks on Facebook. Yep. What's Scott's, what's Scott's podcast? Behind the Bits. I love that podcast. Behind the Bits? Yep. I'm going to be on it. Uh, yep. They're going to be live streaming it on Facebook, I believe, on, it's going to be August 20th. So it's going to be a week from today. Oh, not when it's uploaded. It's going to be Thursday, August 20th. I'll be on the yep. Behind the Bits check podcast. It it's a great show. He's got a big backlog now of episodes with great comedians, so check that show out for sure. Yep. And he helped you get this show started yep. up, too. Scott Kerr, if you don't like this show, blame him. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't like the setup or the sound, blame him. Yeah, blame Even IT. though all he told me was how to do basically a phone call. He didn't tell me what <laughs> equipment to buy or anything, but still, blame Scott Curtis. Scott Curtis northern indiana somewhere south bend i think or something <laughs> like that <laughs> no he's a funny Behind guy podcast, yeah. <clears throat> funny guy check out his podcast hey thanks for coming to the show thanks yeah. for thanks for letting me sleep here yeah thanks for walking out of the bedroom downstairs and, and coming to the show yep yep there we go i did more work in this house today than you did so <laughs> well that's gonna do it for borderline offensive episode number three Thanks to Mike Banks for stopping by. I wish I could say congratulations to Keith. I guess I can, but I just refuse to. And thanks to all of you for tuning in this week on Borderline Offensive. Tune in next week. It should be a real doozy. We're going to have a really special guests special in different ways not positive ones <laughs> i'll introduce you to him next week i refuse to give him any airtime until his time comes and trust me his time is coming so be sure to tune in next week when we talk college football what is what was what may or may not be thanks again for listening Borderline Offensive. <laughs>